0: Welcome to Grace and Glory, the radio ministry of Grace Valley Christian Center, featuring biblical teachings of the Christian faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and former professor in Greek and theology. Pastor Matthew holds degrees from Westminster Theological Seminary, and he pastors Grace Valley Christian Center in Davis, California, adjacent to the University of California at Davis. Join us today for a special Thanksgiving message, Worship as Thanksgiving. If you have your Bible with you, turn with us to the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Now here's our teacher, Pastor Matthew.
1: Father, we learn from your word that it is the nature of the unsaved. It is the nature of the unbelieving not to give you thanks. Even though he receives from you Blessing after blessing after blessing. Even though you surround him with common grace. Even though you feed him daily. In you, all people live and move and have their being. And yet, the unbeliever chooses to mock you. We pray that you help us as believers in Jesus Christ. As people to whom you have shown special grace. You foreknew us, you effectually called us. And you justified us. Your Holy Spirit dwells in us. You have given us new life. And you have given us the ability to think straight, to look toward the heavens and to look toward God. We give you thanks for all things. Especially we give you thanks for the amazing work you have done. That you delivered us from hell, from death delivered us from the dominion of sin and Satan. You have made us children of God. United us with yourself. And nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So our hearts are filled with thanksgiving and great gratitude. We bless you, we worship you, we adore you, we lift you up, O God, and give you great praise. Lord, we pray that you open our hearts, that we may learn from your word to serve you acceptably all of our life. O Holy Spirit, illumine our minds. Give us great wisdom. Teach us from your word. And clothe us with great humility that we may bow before your majesty. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Intelligent worship. We have been considering the subject of worship. In one sense, we made the point that worship of God is all of life. Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. As people of God, born of his spirit. We are to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So Paul tells us in Romans 12 and verse 1, in view of God's great mercy shown in behalf of us, we are to offer our bodies. We are to put our bodies, which includes mind, affection, and will, We are to put our bodies at the disposal of God as living sacrifices for his service all of life. A life controlled by the mighty Holy Spirit enjoys life, especially in the enjoying of peace with God and peace of God. We do not exchange truth for a lie. We exchange lie for truth. That is an ongoing activity because sin is still in us. So there is a continuous exchanging of what? Life for truth. That's why it says be not conformed but be transformed. And this is the evidence that we have been saved. Let us recall the wise words of the Puritan. George Swinnock, And he said worship. Comprehends. All that respect which man oweth and giveth to his Maker. It is the tribute which we pay to the King of Kings, whereby we acknowledge his sovereignty, his sovereignty over us, and our dependence on him. All that inward reverence. And respect. And all that outward obedience and service to God, which God's word requires, is included in this word worship. So, Christian life, I say, is one continuous offering of thanksgiving to God. In delightful obedience to God's will. In Romans 12 and verse 1, we read the goal of our life. And the goal of our life is intelligent worship. Intelligent worship in terms of putting our bodies at the disposal of God. Now, if you read the book of Romans chapter 1, if you read the introduction to Romans and the conclusion to this epistle you will notice what Paul is saying what what should happen in the life of a person who believed the gospel and here it is in verse 5 of Romans 1 through him and for his name's sake, we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles. To obedience that comes from faith. And the last chapter, the 16th chapter. And let me read to you from verse 25 and 26. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel. The gospel which he set forth in this epistle. And the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages. But now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings. By the command of the eternal God. So that all nations might believe and obey him. To the only voice, God be glory forever. Through Jesus Christ, amen. There you have it. You preach the gospel. And if you trust in the gospel, if you trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, your life is a life of obedience to God. So Romans 12, 1 exhorts us, to the dedication of our bodies. As intelligent worship. And Romans 12 verse 2 tells us. How we are to achieve this life of dedication to God. By discerning the will of God. By doing the will of God. That we may come to delight in the will of God. First then is conformation. We are told in verse 2. Do not conform, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Stop the habit of letting yourselves to be molded, squeezed into the pattern of this age, it says. Now this negative command tells us that we have been made able through the power of the gospel, Not to conform to the pattern of this world. Gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So this negative command speaks about our freedom in Jesus Christ. Once we were in Adam, once we were under law, once we were under the dominion of Satan, Once we were regulated by sin. We were slaves of sin. Once we were powerless, we were sinners, we were ungodly, we were enemies of God. Once we were unrighteous, we were without understanding. We did not seek God, we were worthless, and we were violent. Our mind was set on the desires of the flesh. Our mind was hostile to God. Our mind did not submit to God's law. And we were unable to please God. Though we knew God, you read Romans 1, we exchanged the knowledge of God for the lie of atheism and self-sufficiency, of worldliness. We became worshippers of creation and we became proud of our fallen puny intellect then we were filled with every kind of wickedness and you read that in this gospel of romans in the name of freedom we were in fact serving the dictates of satan turn with me to the to the book of ephesians and chapter 2 it tells us As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. In the name of freedom and self-sufficiency, we were rendering obedience. Satan. And we were under the wrath of God. But something momentous happened. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for our sins and was raised for our justification. And we've been effectually called. Holy Spirit regenerated us. And we have been united to Jesus Christ. And Paul says, we died with him, we were buried with him, we were raised with him. From the sphere of death to the sphere of life. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 4 tells us, So my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God. Mother of all doctrines is this doctrine of union with Jesus Christ. A union which nothing in all creation is able to separate us from. No longer are we in Adam. No longer are we under law. We are under grace. No longer we are under the dominion of sin. And Satan, brothers and sisters, do you understand what has happened to you? You understand that gospel is truly the power of God unto salvation. It brought about such a fundamental change in our relationship. No longer related to Adam, but we are related to Jesus Christ. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He who is life, he who said I am the resurrection and life. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty on Calvary. Before we were characterized by non posse, non peccaria. Double negative means you can only sin. That's all I can do. Slave of sin. Slave of Satan. And if you are not a believer, understand you have absolutely no freedom. Understand it is impossible for you to do anything that will please God. But that characterization is changed. And now we can be characterized by posse non peccare, meaning we are able not to sin. Don't you think we should praise God for that? That's the power of God unto salvation. Before we were powerless, now we are powerful. Before we were ungodly, now we are godly. Before we were sinners, now we are justified. Before we were enemies, now we are lovers of God and children of God. Before we were without Holy Spirit, now the Spirit of the living God is dwelling in us. Let's look at... uh, Romans 6 and verse 14. For sin shall not be your master. Because you are not under law but under grace. Isn't that wonderful? Sin is no longer our master. Satan is no longer our master. Look at verse 18 of chapter 6 of Romans. You have been set free from sin. Meaning from the dominion of sin. That's the power of the gospel. Understand that, brothers and sisters, you have been set free and have become slaves to righteousness. Oh, look at verse 22 of Romans 6. But now that you have been set free from sin, understand what happened to us. Free at last. Free at last. Almighty God in his Son set us free. Free not to sin, free to obey God, free to think God's thoughts, free to discern God's will, free to do God's will, free to delight in God's will. And we have been delivered from this age mindset. We have been delivered from this age philosophy. And what is this age philosophy? It's very simple. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Worldliness ultimately is a thinking that negates God and only affirms the cosmos. This age mindset is, there is no supernatural dimension. There is no God. Cosmos is all there is. There are no absolutes. There is no infinite personal God. There is no judgment. There is no hell. There is no heaven. This life is all there is. So live it up in pleasure. Maximize your pleasure. Minimize your pain at all costs. Live for sex. Live for power. Live for fame. Live for fashion. Live for money. Live for beauty. Eat, drink, and be merry. For soon you shall die. This world philosophy is governed by lust of the flesh. Indulge every desire your heart is demanding. Lust of the eyes. Indulge everything you are attracted to. Remember Achan, he saw something and he took it and he hid it. Remember David, he saw a naked woman. Lusted, took her and so on. This world philosophy is what? Boasting. Men keep on boasting. They boast about their birth, their race, their country, their degrees. They boast about their intellect. They boast about their influence. They boast about their toys. They have collected so far. Their whole life revolves around it. Such boasters join Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel chapter 4 and verse 30, listen to what Nebuchadnezzar is saying. Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? That is worldliness. But praise be to God, we have been delivered from this age philosophy. Worldliness. This age is characterized by evil age. The God of this age is Satan. But praise be to God, he has been defeated and we have been delivered from his slavery. And we are given such understanding that this world is passing away. It is not that this world is Maya, It is illusion. No, it is temporary. And God has a plan. All evil will be judged and done away. There will be a final disposition of sin, Satan, and all evil. And God will bring about a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. In Jesus Christ, through the power of the Spirit, we have been foreloved, predestinated, effectually called, justified forever, united with Jesus Christ forever. And as I said, nothing in all creation, He is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so now we have the real freedom to say no to ungodliness. Paul says in Titus, and worldly passions, and to live. Self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Isn't that wonderful? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The Bible understands the fact there is sin and there is Satan and there is temptation and all that. God understands it. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 tells us this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. So that you can stand up under it. And put it differently. We can say no to ungodliness. And live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present evil age of temptation. In other words, Paul is saying, Do not let Satan force you to render him obedience." as in the past. St. Peter tells us the same thing. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 14, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Let's praise God that we can obey this command. Yes, there are pressures of the world. And these pressures will be brought to bear upon us. Trying to squeeze us into its mold but we are able to say no to that. And this temptation is going to continue until the day we die. And so notice, it is a present passive imperative, it is a continuous temptation. And this means we must say no on a daily basis, moment by moment basis, in reliance on the mighty Holy Spirit who dwells in us. But not only that, Point number two is transformation. We are not called to conformation to the world. We are called to transformation. In other words, we have freedom not to conform, but we have freedom to be transformed. We have the freedom freedom to put off the old man, and we have the freedom to put on the new man. And the point here is, let us exercise then our freedom. His name is Jesus, for he will save us from our sin. Salvation is freedom from the dominion of Satan. It is freedom to love God and do righteousness. In fact, the gospel calls us out of disobedience into obedience. Otherwise, gospel doesn't mean anything. We are called unto obedience of faith. Obedience that springs from faith in the gospel.
0: You have been listening to Grace and Glory with Pastor P.G. Matthew. This has been part one of a special Thanksgiving message. Join us next week for part two.